I'm Erica Erlbeck. This is the So You Talk to Cows podcast, a podcast for agricultural communicators. In each episode, we explore topics related to the agricultural communications industry. And if you work in ag communications, you have probably been asked if you talk to cows or corn or cotton. I'm so excited to bring you our second season. I tend to have the topics of my podcast relate to the materials I'm teaching in class. This summer, I teach our internship course. So a lot of our content for this season is going to relate to job and internship applications, starting a new job and getting better at our existing communication skills. My first guest this season is one of the most knowledgeable people I know in the area of job and internship readiness, inner office communications, and being a good coworker. Kara Farrell is the former Assistant Director of Career Services at Oklahoma State and has been trained by the Emily Post Institute three times. Now she consults and is available for workshops and presentations on professionalism and etiquette. And she also really does talk to cows as she helps her son with his 4-H Hereford cattle project. Kara also had the unique experience, notice I didn't say privilege because it probably wasn't for her, of being my roommate during our freshman year at Oklahoma State. Actually, our friendship goes back to the Oklahoma 4-H Citizenship Washington focus trip to DC in 1992 and the National 4-H Congress trip in 1993. We have been wonderful friends ever since those 4-H days and I am just delighted to have her share her expertise with us. Kara, thank you so much for being on our podcast. So tell me about your work experience and what you're doing now. So I have a private business where I provide educational and training services for both new hires and people that are entering the workforce, primarily for the very first time. A lot of this came about as a result of my career in um, university career services at Oklahoma State University, where I initially started as a career consultant and then went on um, later in my career to be the assistant manager over student services for the University Career Center. Cool. You also have some uh, extra training that you're uh, not mentioning, but I do. Uh, I, I, uh, I think it's interesting. So tell us about it. Well, while I was at Career Services, I actually attended the Emily Post Institute in Burlington, Vermont, where I was trained personally by members of the uh, Emily Post family. It was her descendants, and they are now the current publishers of her books. So um, I primarily focus on business etiquette, although I've also been trained on some of the other etiquette, more social side of etiquette services as well. But when we're talking about the workforce, I always make a distinction between business etiquette and social etiquette because there are some differences, particularly in terms of gender roles for um, and women in particular, as they're um, entering the workforce and, and business management situations um, because it's gender neutral in business etiquette, and whereas if you're talking about social etiquette, there are some more gender rules that traditionally have applied that um, are navigated around a little differently in a business environment. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I just think it's so cool that like, I mean, basically you've been trained by Emily herself, so. I mean, if she was still living, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they, they've tried to roll and evolve with the times and everything. I get their email and yeah, they have some some interesting things to say. 
So you, for your business and, and in your role with career services at OSU, you did a lot of things um, to help people um, get their first job, you know, so get that first job, get that first internship. What are some things that you would tell people office decorum um, in their first few weeks at a new job or internship? So let's start with the first day whether it's your first day on the job, whether it's an internship or full-time job, uh, either one, that, that first day is your, the beginning of your career. And there are some nuances that are a little bit different on your first day than will, ha- will happen on other days as you get more established in your, in your workplace. So um, you need to be a little prepared for that. I would always advise people to go ahead and dress for the first day, more like you would dress for your job interview. And then after you are more accustomed to the culture, then you can slowly become more business casual in correlation with the corporate culture of the organization that you're at. But always start that first day kind of like a round two of your interview and and be prepared um, for what may come. Some supervisors are really good about outlining that first day for you. They'll tell you, you know, get here at 8 to 10 instead of 8 o'clock on the first day because there will be things like door, you know, doors being locked and parking and things like that that are just going to be different that you don't know how to navigate yet. So if you have the advantage of, of a hiring manager or supervisor or someone who's outlined that for you, of course, follow those uh, directions that they give you. But if not, you know, get there a little early so that you are prepared for the walk from wherever you have to park to get in. You're prepared to get in the building. Have a plan for lunch. Um, That's one of the things on a first day of a new job. You don't know. Do people typically like order in and eat in a conference room? Do people go out? Um, What what is the uh, norm for that organization in terms of lunch? Of course, if you've been invited and they tell you the first day, like we're going to go eat at this restaurant, great, then you know but you kind of need to be prepared for those contingencies because you don't want to go on your first day and it's like, oh, I'm going to go out for lunch today and everybody else is already having lunch in the conference room. Mm-hmm. So pack a lunch if you don't know, so you can be prepared to either stay or go and um, dress like you're continuing your interview because you really are continuing your first impressions on that first day. And then once you have an idea of the normal expectations and routine, you can adjust from there. That's great advice. And I, I just had a total flashback moment in uh, one of my jobs on the first day. I got there like early because I wasn't sure about the parking situation. I was locked out. Nobody was there. And so I just went and sat in my car and waited because uh, I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> but the building was locked. I didn't have keys yet. <laughs> and I was so, I felt so embarrassed. But I mean, they didn't know. But uh, oh, I was just so uncomfortable. So anyway. it happens to everybody. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> that it's going to be weird until you get settled. Yes, yes, it will be. Yeah. Um, so as we get further into our jobs, what are some tips that you would offer for being a good coworker? So I'm thinking primarily about internships because I know that you use this in some of your classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the same is true for, for full-time positions as well. You really have to figure out how to observe the culture and integrate in that successfully. You, you don't want to be an outlier when you're, you're starting a new position um, until you get settled. Um, you're, you're probably not going to start in the corner office. 
you're probably going to start in a cubicle so or a small space so you need to to be a good neighbor and not be distracting to those around you whether it's um, using your own cell phone or your own technology or or whatever um could be a distraction in those types of environments because most likely if you're talking about a new hire it's going to be a somewhat open environment so you need to be courteous and be kind to people around you you know don't interrupt people when they're talking um, find the right time. You can knock on a cubicle door if you had never thought about that. Um, if someone comes in to meet you, because they, there will probably be a lot of that when you're first getting started, stand up to greet the person that comes in and shake their hand. Um, a lot of just basic manner things that we might not think about um, in terms of office protocol can be really helpful and help you make a good impression. Good. Now let's let's talk about workplace slash business communications. Um, what are some common mistakes that people make in the various forms of communications in the workplace? Um, you know, I'm thinking uh, email etiquette, telephone. Yes, we a lot of offices still have a telephone. You know, that, with handset that you have to pick up, um, and you know, just some advice for using social media. All those different forms of communications that are pretty common in a workplace. What are what are some good pieces of advice that that you can equip us with? Don't ever assume that the message that you have communicated is the message that you intended to communicate. <laughs> And that can be true for any type of communication. Um, Believe it or not, there are still, like you said, people that use telephones, but take messages. Be clear. Um, People want to know who they're speaking to, a first and a last name, a way to follow up with them, being polite and pleasant. And I think that's even true for email and written communications. You obviously don't want to have a lengthy introduction that's a whole lot to read, but you want to greet someone, even if it is in an email or, or some other type of written communication. So be pleasant in those, in your tone and, um, you know, don't ever send a message mad. You know, if it is uh, something that you are emotional about, give it a day or give it whatever the appropriate amount of time is before you send it just as you wouldn't start a controversial conversation with a new supervisor in a new position, you also want to make sure the tone of your communications is pleasant and um, to the point. I have a book that I want to show you that I think will particularly be helpful for your students. It's an older book. As you can tell, mine is well-used and well-loved, but it is called Learning the Works of the Workplace Without Hanging Yourself. And it's by Elizabeth Friedman. And she has probably done the best job of anyone that I have read of outlining what's it like going into a new workplace? What's it like getting that first job? And she talked about unwritten rules of the workplace. And I think that's a lot of things that um, we might know exist, but we don't know what all of them are. And she has basically a chapter for each of those unspoken or unwritten rules, as she calls it. And there's a lot of things in here about first impressions. Um, There's a chapter about the question that you just asked about communication. Um, There's chapters about handling mistakes 
and um, how to conduct yourself in a meeting and how to be prepared for a meeting and present yourself well. So um, I, I really recommend this book a lot. Mine is a much older copy. I heard the author several years ago at a conference and just bought the book after the conference. But to this day, it's the best outline of all of the things you don't think about that you're gonna need to know when you start a new job. Okay, that's great. Yeah, and I'll I'll put a link to that uh, in the the show notes so that people can can find that book and and read it and bookmark it like you have. Um, let's talk about networking. Uh, so you know, with with any job, there's usually some sort of a social event that goes with it. Um, or you know, with with a lot of people that work in the agcom industry and really industry. There are conferences and places that you can go to meet people. There could be receptions. Uh, what, what's some advice that you like to give people that are looking to meet people in a professional setting? And this may not be looking to meet people to find a job. It may just be looking to meet people so that you have some contacts. What, what do you suggest to people? What are some good tips that you like to offer? Well, I think the most important thing when we talk about networking is to first establish that your intention should be to build a genuine relationship with someone. Yes, it may be a short conversation to get started. And we do when we, we send students to conferences and things like that. We want them to meet as many people as possible, undoubtedly. But we need it to be genuine and we need it to be sincere because it's not going to benefit you if it's not. Um, sincerity is really easy to read on someone, particularly in that type of, of setting, in that environment. So being sincere and really taking your time to get to know someone is very valuable. And that is how you build your network over time is you have those more deep relationships with people that you can build on to call them later, or ask them a question or whatever follow-up you might need to do. Um, so that's number one is to be sincere about your approach. Um, a lot of times you'll hear people say, go, you know, meet a certain number of people at in this time. And that's a good idea. That's a good rule. It really is. But there's a lot of difference between shaking someone's hand and giving them a card and moving on to someone else than really spending some time with that person and getting to know them. And if you talk to salesmen, they'll tell you that all the time. It's about when the even when salesmen are trying to build their clients, they're the key is building relationships with people. It's not just making contacts. And there's a big, big difference between the two. So we talk about networking. That, that's the first thing that I tend to think of. There are some other using good manners, etiquette rules that are certainly applicable in those situations. But I think ultimately, if you are sincerely building a relationship with someone, then you're on the right track. Good, good. Okay, I want to. I'm going to ask you a specific question and go off script. You, uh, I've been through one of your etiquette trainings, and you gave a really great tip for cocktail hour when dealing with a plate and a glass, <laughs> and you need to have a free hand to shake hands. So tell, and I use it to this day. So tell us your tip for managing all of these things that you have to hold if there is a reception. Well, I wish I had a coffee cup to demonstrate. I don't. So we'll pretend that my book is the plate. Okay. So um, you hold your glass or cup in with a, the C of your finger and your thumb on top of your plate. And then you put your other fingers underneath the plate. So you'll, your napkin will go in this underneath part. 
actually I've got it in the wrong hand, excuse me, okay. And so you want your right hand free or whichever hand you shake with, most people shake with their right hand. And then you can take your fingertips and wipe them on the napkin underneath the plate and still have your hand available to extend your hand to shake people's hand. Now, the key to doing that successfully is to not have your plate so full that food falls off of it. So you have to be conscientious about what is on your plate. And obviously if there's a cup sitting on your plate, there's not as much room for food. So you may have to take multiple trips to the buffet, but that's okay. That's better than spilling your food on someone. And that also gives you the freedom. If you're wearing a name tag in particular at a conference, that's extending the name tag when you're sending your arm to shake your hand too. That's, that's and awesome. practice your handshakes. If you don't shake people's hands regularly, practice handshakes because a lot of people don't do it well. And, and what's, the, what's the better way to do it? A nice firm grip that is not going to break anyone's knuckles, but also is not going to be limp. The politician handshake is for someone that you've known a while. The politician handshake is the shake and hug combined. That's mm. not a first meeting hug or a greeting. That's a greeting for someone that you, you already know a little bit uh, down the line. We're not ready to kiss babies yet. And people okay. stopped shaking hands during COVID too. And a lot of people got out of practice. Those of us who are around quite a while before COVID, we have lots of practice. But when you talk about college students or people that are new hires to the workforce, a lot of that time they were told not to shake people's hands. And so that's something we have to re-familiarize ourselves with because we haven't done it in a while. So find someone, a mentor or someone that you trust who's like, I need to practice this. So when I find myself in the situation, I'm not embarrassing myself. Good, good. So um, in the summertime, it just kind of seems like that's a common time for people to look for a different job or maybe a new internship. Um, what are some mistakes, common mistakes or faux pas that you have heard from the employers that you worked with um, that, that people looking for a job tended to make? Well, there's some kind of basic rules that you can use to identify where you might have gone wrong in the job search. If you get an interview, you know that your resume was probably okay. If your resume was not good to begin with, you wouldn't have ever been accepted for the interview. So if you're getting to, um, you follow the steps of the process. So if you're getting interviews and you're not getting hires, then maybe there's something going wrong with how you're presenting yourself in your interview. So that's one way that you can kind of look at the timeline to see where, to identify where your problem potentially could be. Um, and obviously if you're, you're getting hired and you're getting offers, then you're handling that situation well. So generally speaking, that's an easy way to look at, at what's going on. Um, obviously there's a lot of differences based on industries of what that would look like. If I was taking applications from an ag comp student, I would expect an exceptional cover letter. You know, um, maybe that speaks to them and their abilities. Not that everyone shouldn't do a nice cover letter. They absolutely should. But there are industries in particular, if that's your strength, you need to highlight your strength. Because if you don't, you will appear as if you're not as a qualified candidate as some of the other people who submit good materials. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss or add in terms of getting a job, starting a job, keeping a job? We haven't talked about thank you notes. And I think that's a, a really important part of the process of the job search process in particular. 
Um, even if you don't get a job, you still need to send a thank you note. That goes back to building those relationships. And they need to be timely. Um, don't wait for a long, you know, an extra week after the interview to send that. Be very prompt at sending that thank you note to following up with whoever interviewed you. And you can send thank you notes after you get the job too. Someone takes you to lunch, um, gives you a book, you know, sits down with you, takes you to uh, for a cup of coffee to get some advice. It's always a good idea to try to thank you note to help build relationships with people. Very good. Yeah, that it, it makes a huge difference when you get a thank you note. Like, yeah, even, even if you don't hire them, that puts a positive ending to your full meeting and everything. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So I have a quick fire round of questions. These are just fun, just a few word answers um, that okay. I, I like to wrap up my interviews with. Okay. Number one, what do you wish you were good at? Singing. I wish I had a beautiful voice. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> What is uh, your, what's your pet peeve? Being interrupted. Good, good. What's your favorite social media site? Instagram. Yeah, mine too. Um, what's the best uh, book you've read or movie you've seen lately? Mm, this is kind of a personal preference, non-business uh, related but I really enjoyed the book, The Queen, about Queen Elizabeth. It's on my reading. Life. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it, I will read it. Probably next is what I'm going to read because I'm reading a heavy World War II book. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you wish that somebody would have told 20-year-old Kara? Oh, wow. There's so much I didn't know at 20 years old. <laughs> That's a big question. Um be prepared and be confident and that will get you much farther than you ever dreamed it would. Again, thank you so much, Kara, for providing your expertise and insight on this very important topic. Kara is available for consulting and workshops. You can find her on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. So You Talk to Cows is produced by me, Erica Erlbeck, with production support from the Department of Agricultural Education and Communications at Texas Tech University. Follow me on Instagram at Erica underscore Earlbeck. That's E-R-I-C-A underscore I-R-L-B-E-C-K. For more information on careers in agricultural communications, find my department at D-E-P-T-S dot T-T-U dot E-D-U slash ag ed.